Let us pray. Father, you taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of the Holy Spirit. And that same Spirit, help us to relish what is right and always rejoice in his consolation. We ask you this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be, world without end. Amen. Christ our King. Virgin most prudent, Mary, Mother of the Church. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> so, uh, after this meditation, we will... Uh, directly go to the chapel and have exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. And uh, those of you who signed up for nocturnal adoration, um, pray for me because I'm going to bed. <laughs> I, uh, this odd thing started happening about three years ago, maybe four, which... The closer I got to 9 o'clock, it was like, I, I discovered I have an on button and an off button. And, and like when the off button hits, it's like, I'm done. It's like, I was visiting my mom and dad and my brother's there. My brother's a night owl. It's like 9 o'clock. And I'm like, I'm going to bed. And my brother, Father Aaron looks at me and goes, you can't go to bed. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm going right to bed. Anyway, so, yes. So, well, we'll right after this meditation, uh, we will do that. So, um, we'll have exposition. Uh, this meditation is to tie a ribbon on the day, a bow on the day. Um, so, it will reemphasize a lot of the same points. So, nice, it's hopefully a wrap-up of today. So I'd like to um, invite you to take any one of the contemplations that you've had throughout today, take any of the lights, perhaps the stirrings in your heart that the Holy Spirit has been doing, and to look at them through the prism of our gospel, John 15, 1 to 10. I am the vine, and you are the branches. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Remember, as we pray with the passage, to go through the three ways of praying to approach the passage slowly, to read it to yourself, to visualize, to stop and to ponder the words, and then to begin to make associations with what the Holy Spirit has been stirring in your hearts. I think a lot of times what can happen on these silent retreats is because 
Well, for many, the Holy Spirit is very active. I guess I'm speaking from my own experience here. Sometimes I have thoughts or just some new sort of idea that appeared into my mind, the formulation of the words or the meaning behind it that has had new meaning. And I think to myself, oh, I will never forget this. (laughs) Yes, the laugh lets me know that many people have had that before. So what we want to do, though, is to begin to deepen in what has already been stirring. Point number one. Jesus' words to you, you are the branches. Remember, as we are contemplated, contemplating our creation, our ongoing creation, We saw how God knows us from the inside and out. God, who is our creator, the father who is our creator, and Jesus, who is our brother, brother in our humanity. Jesus has eyes, ears, heart, mind, brain, hands like you and me. I think we can never stop contemplating the incarnation, the humanity of Jesus, my brother, your brother. So being grafted unto the vine is to be uniquely grafted into Christ. God who has made us and then also united himself into uh, to us through his provident and infinite love. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, the vine dresser, has united you to Himself through His providence. Why do you have faith? Where did it come from? Why are you here on this retreat? How is it that you got here? It is God's action in your life that has united you to the vine. While honoring our freedom, this is God's way, so respectful towards us. While honoring our freedom, the Heavenly Father has clipped us, pruned us, in one way or another, from the vine of the world to himself, his son, Jesus. Point number two. Jesus' love is the roots. It's the roots. The deep roots Roots, in some ways, in my mind, I see an association between roots and the widow's might. The small things that the Lord loves, the seemingly insignificant things. Roots are like this. 
They are so over, easily overlooked. They are hidden. They grow silently. They take the lowest place. Roots are humble. In the fullest sense of the word humble, from its genesis in the Latin, humus, which means close to the earth, grounded. That's what humility comes from, humus, close to the earth, grounded in truth, mixed in the soil. All of the trees, it's the fruits and the foliage and the flowers and the birds singing in their branches. That's what gets all of the attention. What a beautiful tree in your yard. Nobody talks about the roots. They're overlooked, forgotten. Yet if the tree is to stand firm and upright and strong, that's how it endures over time. It's funny, when I left New York and I went to Michigan, the things that I wanted to take with me. And one of those things were, one day, some of the fathers and I, we went down to the New York Botanical Gardens. And there I saw a little tiny sapling, a little tiny seedling of a dawn redwood tree. And when nobody was looking, <laughs> I plucked out six of them. Six. six. They were going to get run over by the lawnmower, I think. Anyway, <laughs> brought them back to rye, planted them in the pot, six. So I left two in rye. I gave one to Monsignor Sicano, which he loved it. It is now on Park and I think 68th Street. <laughs> he planted it there, and I brought two to Michigan. Anyway, so I fall in love with this Dawn Redwood tree, which is amazing. It goes back to the Jurassic period. It knew the Tyrannosaurus Rex, all of those things, right? So I could go on and on. Golden Retrievers, bees, redwoods. <laughs> Let us not get distracted. However, the point I want to make here is one of the neat things that redwoods do so they don't topple is their roots intertwine underneath the ground, hidden. And they hold on to each other to keep themselves standing upright. Really fascinating. The roots of the trees. So everybody talks about the redwood tree, how magnificent it is. And yet hidden underneath is the whole system of intertwined roots that keep it standing strong. That's how Jesus is for us. It's the strength, the root system that nourishes us, that gives us life. In a humble way, in a humble way. 
God humbled himself by becoming one of us, not an angel, not an angel, one of us. His lowest moment, the crucifixion, is what gives life-giving grace and leads to the resurrection. Point number three. Spring, summer, fall, and winter. Being united to the vine means our life will follow the same dynamic of the seasons. If we judge a vine by uh, by its fruits during the long and dark winter, we might become discouraged and cut it down. Winter is a part of life, seemingly the longest part of life. (laughs) It's a time of patience. It's a time of fortitude. It's a time of austerity. It's a time of expectation, of yearning. It's like an advent. Yet as sure as the sun rises, spring will eventually come. And the vine bursts forth again with blossoms. And on and on it goes. There is no definitive point of arrival. Our life follows that same dynamic in the spiritual life, in our relationships, in our health, everything like this, right? We should never judge ourselves or our fruits in the winter. Why do fruits and flowers come and go so quickly? Why do they come and go so quickly? The humble roots are essential and lasting. That's the important thing. More important than the the fruits are the roots grounded. Grounded in Christ. The humble roots are essential and lasting, silently and faithfully nourishing as they lie hidden under the snow and the frozen ground of winter. Point number three. Jesus is the true vine. In the book of Isaiah, the vine is an image of Israel that started beautifully, yet became unruly and wild and degenerate. Israel was a vine cultivated by God, delivered from Egypt, but ultimately was unfaithful. All vines that are not Jesus do this. While good, they all have a touch 
of the thorns and the thistles found after the fall. It's actually really interesting. In the, uh, in the creation narrative, right after the fall, the first thing is the thorns and the thistles that enter the garden, which Jesus took and placed upon his head. In contrast to the vine imagery of Israel, Jesus calls himself the true vine to highlight his love, his goodness, and his faithfulness. His love remains true and faithful always in winter, in summer, in fall, and in spring, always. Final point, you are not what you do, the fruit. You, not what you do, is the fruit of the vine. Vines have two kinds of branches, branches that bear fruit and branches that don't. The branches that don't bear fruit need to be cut back so that all of the vine's energy is channeled into the branches that give fruits. Perhaps we think of fruit as productivity and so forth. Yet, is continuous fruitful productivity that the father vine dresser has in mind for us as if a plant should continuously give bloom? The fruit is not what we do, but who we are. You are the fruit because you have been grafted into Christ by virtue of your baptism. In so many ways, the Father and his providential love, in ways that we see and in ways that we don't, has pruned back the branches so that you could be here today right now. It is the Father, our Heavenly Father, who decides what is fruit and what is not, what is cut and what is kept. We entrust ourselves We entrust ourselves, surrender ourselves to his loving care. Amen.